it really helps if you're building a remote team from the ground up. So exactly like what happened with us is that it just started that way. The founders really wanted to have this remote work culture. So it really comes from the ground of the company with all the founders. It just, you know, you build slowly. But I think from what I can see from the way they they build our business and the way, you know, managing projects and products and everything, the best, I would say, advice, I would say, is to really focus on results and trust. You are listening to Running Remote, a podcast about building and scaling effective distributed teams. Join us as we dive inside the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. They've thrown out the traditional rules and business textbooks and are actively finding new ways of organizing their teams, driving productivity, and scaling their growth. I'm your host, Stephanie Burns. The voice you just heard a moment ago is Daphne LaForest, the product manager for Enterprise at Human Made. Human Made is a WordPress development agency that brings open source to big publishers and enterprise level clients. Daphne joins us to share how Human Made has built and managed a remote team from the very beginning, growing from 20 to 60 employees based around the world. In this episode, we'll dive into some key tactics and strategies around how Human Made has approached building and scaling their remote culture. So let's get to it. Hey, Daphne, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, I'm really happy to be here. Yes, we're very excited to have you on to hear more about your story and what it's like working with a completely remote team that's based all around the world at Human Made. But before we dive into all of that, can you tell us more about you? Where are you from and what did you study? Of course. I am from Montreal, Canada. So I was born and raised there. And uh, I studied in uh, HSC Montreal in uh, business administration while working at the same time. That's great. And so where did your interest for technology and startups come from? I've been working in many different uh, fields younger, but basically what attracted me from tech was the flexibility that it brings, but also all the opportunities that comes with it. So, you know, basically like how this industry is really booming and there's so much opportunity that comes with it. And it was a very entrepreneurial industry, so it was really, I wasn't really interested about it. But it was also related to my interest in uh, working remotely as well. You know, it's really interesting that you bring up the capacity for flexible working locations as part of that, because that's exactly what we want to dive in and explore today. But before we get into all of the details, uh, how did you get started with remote work? And are there some things that you imagined that you now know aren't necessarily true about working remotely? When I, I started my career, I just really wanted to I really wanted to travel. I couldn't believe that I would only have two weeks per year to travel. So uh, I was really looking for opportunities to be able to travel more. And uh, I went on a trip for six months and I was blogging at the same time with my iPad. And I kind of realized that I have access to 3G all the time and I could probably do some work while I'm traveling. So I started to really research about, you know, working online, working, you know, from your laptop, working from home and started to think about maybe I would like to do remote work so I could travel more. And uh, how can I get into this? Because it feels like only, you know, designers and developers or genius entrepreneurs are able to do that. So how could I actually do it? And uh, I got into this by basically just talking about it a lot and sharing my enthusiasm into working remotely or finding flexible work. So that's how I got into it. I started to have some projects uh, in. And there's a lot of expectations that you have when you work remotely or when you're looking to remote remote work because there's so much publicity now when you just 
Google the word remote work and you just search for images. There's tons and tons of images of people working on the beach, working from a hammock. And this is pretty much a lot of fake. You mean it's not like that? No, it's not like that at all. But when you start doing this, you're actually looking for that. So you want to have, you want to be working in these locations. So I did take these pictures with me in Mexico with my laptop and my margarita. And you know, you do the, all these kind of silly pictures about, you know, this like that lifestyle you have right now. And, you know, it's like, this is my office today and everything. This is like normal. You start to do that because it's very exciting. But when you actually work remotely for a long time and you actually have basically part of your life. So most of your life is your work life and you work you know, all the time. Well, in the in locations that I visit, most of the time, I will only have time to really visit on the weekends. And during the week, it's just a normal work week that, you know, my, the fun thing is I can go in a Japanese restaurant in the evening, you know, instead of just doing the day-to-day things that I do every day when I'm in Montreal. But you can do a Japanese restaurant in Montreal as well. I just mean, you know, you're able to experience the local culture everywhere you go, um, but it's less of a trip or travel kind of experience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something that I'm sure evolves as you start to settle into working remotely. Maybe the first few spots you do those funny pictures and then it's about getting down to work. So in 2015, you joined Human Made as a product manager and recently took on a larger focus as a product manager for enterprise customers. So can you start by telling us a bit more about what Human Made is all about and how you ended up joining the team there? Yeah, so Human Made is a web development agency that is specialized in WordPress for enterprise. So there's tons of different people who are building websites using WordPress and different agencies. But the the market is very niche when it comes to enterprise clients. So enterprise can be like any big media you can think about. It can be like TechCrunch Times, um, can be uh, National Geographic or different client like this. So we are specialized in providing a WordPress built website for them. Working remotely is all about, you know, networking to me. I, I think I never got a job by, I don't know, applying online or anything. It's always been through word of mouth. And I was really looking into, I really wanted to join a company and be able to have a team instead of just being a freelancer. So I just researched for, you know, these companies that are hiring remotely. And I, I knew that there was one conference I went to in 2015 that there was some remote companies that would be present. So I kind of did a little project and ended up like interviewing all the speakers of the event and all the like influential people <laughs> to get in touch with them and everything and get to know them. And it actually gave me a job in at Human Made while doing the networking like this. I was introduced to a project in human made that was interesting for me this is how I actually started there that's really really cool congrats on the hustle to create that opportunity so when you did join the company what was the remote culture like at human made so when I joined, we were about 25 and we're like now 60 people. It really changed a lot in the past few years, but it still kept a lot of the core of the culture. I would say that when the beginning of the, when I was there at the beginning, the culture was very strong and very like knitted together. It was very family feeling, very small, but very intuitive. So there was nothing that was really written down about, you know, what kind of a culture we have or you know information about every employee that come in you know having access to all the information they need to be successful at their job so nothing was really written down when it started and the difference within today is that now that we're 60 we need a lot more processes on how we're actually onboarding new people in the company and making sure that everybody feel included and also not isolated from each other because we have people from all different countries different time zones a different environment of work as well so we're very concerned and, and it's very important for us how people are actually working i would say this is really the difference between like when i started it was really much more of a like word of mouth kind of thing where now it's a lot more clear of what exactly 
is working at Human Made. So was the company remote from the beginning or is that something that happened over time? Uh, yeah, yeah. The company started remote, remotely from the ground up. So uh, how it started is that the company was founded in Matlock in England. It's a very a tiny town of about 10,000 people in the middle of England. And um, basically the founders were looking for developers, but there was not much, there's not much people that want to move to Matlock to get a developer job. Or So they started to hire remotely like this and it just started slowly like this and they just wanted to make their company a remote company at this point because they hired in Europe and they sort of started spreading out like this. So always been it's always been a remote company. Yes. That's amazing. And so does Human Made have any explicit company values or was that something that was added along the way as the team grew from 25 to 60 people, as you mentioned? So it's funny because we just had our company retreat, so last week, and we actually had one workshop that we organized where we actually talked about what are the HM values because there, we never have any, we never had any place where our values were written. So uh, we don't have, these are the values of human made, or this is how we are, or this is our five words that are our mantras for the company. So that's not really how we function. But the, we wrote an employee handbook to really, that I think really expressed very, very well our culture in different ways. So all the different pieces of the, our handbook can really, I think, show what kind of culture we are without having to name exactly the words but during this workshop we actually come came together and like you know what it is what are our values and most of the time the values that we highlight was a lot of transparency uh, humility um caring personally for for one another working hard but also like being very open to to help each other in in different kind of situation which i think is making us very strong as a as a team Generally, Human Made is very involved in open source. So we are quite used to having a lot of people contributing. So the company handbook was written by many different people. You know, everybody is kind of free to request something new in the handbook or say, hey, I think we should add this. So what do you think? And then they will ask directly to the CEO like or the, the people operation director to um, maybe adapt the content there. So it's very fluid, you know, and it kind of evolves. It's kind of an evergreen document which is always evolving, but is might change in the future. You know, the more we grow, the company changes slowly, but it's hard to know exactly, like, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question. Great. And so along those same lines, and with the handbook that you just spoke about uh, that had some of the values, are there any specific tasks that everyone has to do to fulfill their role and support the development of the culture or the team? So it's not written by default. So basically, don't request people to work eight hours a day or 40 hours a week. And, you know, basically weekends usually are off. Like everybody is by default off on weekends. Some people will want to work on a weekend and, you know, take Monday off. And we really push people to be self, like to be autonomous and to take their own initiatives. So people book their own vacation. You know, we'll just say like, I'm going to be off on that day. I will take care of discussing this with their project manager and see if it's all good. And I think there's no expectation of you being always on. This is totally not an expectation for the employees. It's everybody work differently. Some people really like to be always on. Other people don't like this. And other people have kids and they work only from, you know, the morning until maybe 4 p.m. And then take care of their kids afterwards. Some people do that. And then after they want to work at 10 p.m. when the kids are sleeping, and it's their choice, whatever, how they are managing their, um, their schedule. That's great. Very exciting. So based on your experience, what other insights or tactics can you share around how to build and run a remote team? I would say that it's 
it really helps if you're building a remote team from the ground up. So exactly like what happened with us is that it just started that way. The founders really wanted to have this remote work culture. So it really comes from the ground of the company with all the founders. It just, you know, you build slowly. But I think from what I can see from the way they they build our business in the way, you know, managing projects and products and everything. Usually remotely, the best, I would say, advice, I would say, is to really focus on results and trust against hourly payment or, you know, hourly job or say like, okay, are they like really working? Are they really working right now from nine to five? I'm paying them. It's more like, you know, I being very clear of like what results you're trying to achieve and then really focus on are the result being, are we succeeding at the result we were wanting? And then as well, trusting the employees or the freelancers about their work they're doing. If you put together, if you put together an environment of trust and if you trust your employees, then they will also trust you back. And I think this kind of this relationship with the employer, that if you give a lot to the employee if you give everything to the employee that it needs to succeed at their job then it's going to be much easier for them to give you back what you what you want basically or what you're trying to achieve but i think all this is is good for a remote team but it's also i think this should be working for any company even co-located companies i just think that in the remote environment it's kind of we need to be much stronger about this but I think this should be applied anywhere. It doesn't. It's just because in the remote environment, you actually need to act that way to be able to run properly, basically. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious about your approach to product management inside of a remote company. How does that work for you as a remote company, coordinating between clients and different teams internally? So we do exactly the same thing that it would be in office. We just transit everything into remote. So we use tools to help us do exactly the same kind of process. So for example, if I think about, we were doing a value proposition workshop with the team for building one of the new products we want to do and we want to really understand like what value this product will bring and really uh, write to write down a value position for that so we had like a team with and, and a, a zoom call with specific people from the company and then using a software called the strategizer where you can actually you know pin having kind of a fake board with sticky notes and everything and write them down and collaborate on it online so you can collaborate together on a board basically uh, remote we also have so in terms of project management so with, with agencies and everything we are a very uh, scrum oriented company a uh, very agile in the way we work so we will do um, you know project planning and we have also software use for doing project estimation remotely when we're t- putting all the developers together designers and, and project managers to discuss how long it will take to build that project for this one tool we use the project managers are using that it's called the uh, planet poker <laughs> and uh, I can also so send you a link. Um, but it's basically using the Scrum methodology to um, to put an estimation with cards and everything. People that know Scrum wouldn't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so we just basically, there's so many new tools now that have been built for that. In terms of product management, there's a tool called ProdPad that is a product management software. There's Jira that is very good for Scrum. There's so many tools now that we can use. Personally, I use GitHub still for product management and project management. I think everything is basically mimicable, if I can say, on online. It is not the same thing, of course, in what you get as the energy you have in person, but 
I would say you can still get the same collaboration remotely. We also have daily stand-ups as well online. So every day uh, doing a daily stand-up, I think this is what I worked last yesterday. This is what I'm working today. And these are the blockers that I have. And I think that this is what helps a lot uh, continuing the collaboration online is to really over-communicate and be very transparent of our work experience. Wow, there are a lot of great ideas and frameworks in there that merit exploration from anyone looking to create a remote culture or a team. And so, you know, on that topic, you've mentioned the employee handbook before and the yearly retreat just now, but are there any other unique frameworks or processes that you guys use internally to maintain productivity or to help collaboration at Human Made? I mean, I can list all the different tools that we use, but I would say, you know, the handbook is a very good base. And in this, there's a lot of different information in that as well that helps people to be more productive can be by helping them setting up their work office, you know, their, their uh, home office. If they, they want to do that, they can expand. So it's like, well, you can have an ergonomic desk, an ergonomic chair, uh, you know, if you need a monitor or something like this, to really create a space for you to be productive. We also have remote work allowance, for example. Some people have their work office, but people, for example, like me, who travels a lot, my remote work allowance usually cover my co-working space expenses and other different gear that I'm using to be able to be more productive. For example, I use a roof stand to have like proper posture when I'm working. So these are kind of things we help people to be more productive in their work. In terms of like working collabor- collaboratively, there's tons of different tools that we're using, but we are not using too many tools. So I would say the most popular ones usually are really much Slack for daily communications, GitHub for managing all our projects, and um, Drive for sharing documents and writing on documents. We have many other ones, but these are like pretty much three very strong ones we use every day. Cool. And from a culture perspective, what else do you guys do as a team that is different or fun? Oh, yeah. So we have, um, so there's a video hangout we have every two weeks. So if bi-weekly, we have the team hangout that is um, just a hangout where we just, you know, go on camera and just chat and not really talk about work, just, you know, spending some time together. Um, there is a lot of different meetings that people have toward the weeks for their own work, but these ones are really meant just to chat about anything <laughs> that really happens. Some people just show their apartments that they just moved in, you know, there's, it's really um, much more casual. We also introduce new hire. When new hire come in on that call, usually we all present ourselves on, on these calls. In terms of retreat, then we do have a yearly retreat. We're not having bi-annually, we're having only one per year. One a year is actually not much I would say but it is very expensive to bring everybody together in one place and it's a lot of organization so what we do instead we we are very in involved in um, the WordPress community, which are organizing a lot of WordCamps that are conferences about WordPress all over the world. And these are really nice places where we can meet up in smaller groups. So some people, for example, will all attend. They will meet together and they will um, hang out at a WordCamp while somebody's speaking in the company or just hanging out for the conference. These small events are actually helping also the employees to meet up. We also have another event is the end of the year dinner. So at the end of the year, so now it's going to be in the Around the 4th or 5th of December, we have like the end of the year dinner. So we have one in the US, one in the UK, and one in Australia. 
So everybody around the America will meet in the US and around Europe will meet in the UK. And then everybody around Australia and Pacific will meet in Australia. So these are like one big dinner that we do together for fun to celebrate the end of the year. So it's it's still good. We still, the, the full team together is once a year, but we have few small retreats or meetups in between. We had like small teams meet up. The project managers all met, to get, met together to discuss process we had the an event meetup where all people working on events met together to really discuss the strategy about events we'll probably have a developer meetup at some point and other ones like this so teams are working a lot together and just want to do some time spend some time together to really do some team building so we're we're still looking towards doing more smaller ones aside from the big retreat ones that we have once a year yeah absolutely that sounds like a lot of fun so do you have any final thoughts or advice for anyone looking to build and manage a remote team? I usually have a lot of thoughts about this. There's a lot of people that want to um, move to remote a remote culture, which is really amazing. It just shows how work is changing and we want to make work more flexible and we're happy to make it easier to have a work-life balance, which I think is amazing. What I would say to people who are trying to create this remote culture or trying to build this remote team is to make sure that they are very clear with themselves like why they are doing this, so why they are wanting to go remote. Is it for offering more flexibility to their employees? Is it because they want to hire the best talent? So other people just do this because they want to hire like very cheap salaries elsewhere in the world. It's also, you know, one of the reasons. But it's really important that there there is a a win-win between you as an, uh, as an employer and also the employees with remote work and really think through about how you will tackle remote work in a company if you are a company that is half half the company is in office and the other half is working remotely, it's very different than if you're fully remote. So there's a lot of different aspects thinking about how we're going to be inclusive of all people that are remote in comparison with those who are in office that are seeing each other every day. So these are all things that you have to really think about, think through and see how will we tackle these challenges and how will we be able to include these people that are remote. I think that remote work is not only like a benefit that you have, it is an amazing benefit. It, it gives you so much flexibility. I mean, the one that is very, I'm very excited about, you know, what, what it gives me and what freedom it gives me. But it's also a whole mind shift that brings other challenges that in the end are, are maybe hard to tackle, but at the same time are very rewarding. So it's all the different things like this that you need to, to look at when you're trying to go remote. I think it takes, it takes some time, mostly if you are a non-remote company in the beginning and you're trying to in- include this into your, your company, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great insight and advice. Daphne, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. It was awesome to speak with you. Oh, it was a pleasure for me too. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Running Remote. Thanks for joining us as we dive into the minds and processes of CEOs, managers, nomads, and dynamic entrepreneurs who are building impactful businesses and organizations through this new and innovative movement. We're a very small team behind this podcast, so if you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share this episode with a friend. And definitely check us out at runningremote.com. Until next time.